Julian King with you. Summer mornings 0457 736 736. Want to know what Christmas gift you want? Something to add to the man cave or the woman cave? Bit of sporting memorabilia. Could be a signed jersey. Could be one of your favourite cricket bats as a kid that you can't get anymore. Or a tennis racket. Or some retro clothing as well. Maybe the salmon that the West Indies wore during World Series cricket. I don't think you can get those any longer. 0457 736 736. It is, of course, the cricket season. We're talking plenty of big bash, but this broader issue of white ball cricket and its encroachment in the game on the red ball stuff is very, very topical. We thought we'd catch up with our good mate Bobby Quine. He's on the line right now. Morning, Rob. Good morning, Julian. Geez, we're so close to Christmas, but we've just got an absolute influx of cricket at the moment, don't we? Oh, too much is never enough. I mean, look, that's the thing about cricket. It, <laughs> owns, it owns the summer, Bobby. It owns the summer. Hey, what? as a kid growing up, what was your blade of choice? Or more to the point, when you looked at some of your heroes playing for Australia, did you look at that bat and think, that's what I want? So I was a massive Mark Wall fan, so I had all the Slazenger gear Slazinger. as a kid, including the kit yep. bag, yeah. Mate, I was, a, I was a Duncan Fernley. Alan Border was my idol. Uh, yep. And it was the, the black stickers, Duncan Fernley... Uh, that's what I wanted. Um, but what I did get was um, my second favourite player along that track was a Mark Taylor. So it was like an SS Turbo. Oh, I think beautiful. It was. Uh, one turbo. of my early bats that Mark Taylor used. So I was pretty yeah. pumped with that. So not the Jumbo, but the Turbo. So I had all the... I think um, it was a, I'm sure it was a Turbo. Could have been. Could have been. So I had the Slazenger stuff, but I sort of switched out the blade for, funnily you say that, the Duncan Fernie Magnum. It was the most beautiful piece of willow I've ever had. Lovely middle. This is back in the day, Bob. You had to, you got the linseed and oiled it. You had to knock it in. I mean, oh, I love now, it. I mean, yeah, that, that's what it was. I mean, the kids today don't know the joy of, Jules, of, I think of oiling up your actually, bat. I think they're really happy that um, there's not that linseed oil and knocking in process because I do remember vividly, I'm sure you're the same, that you'd be sitting on the couch and everyone's trying to watch TV and you've got either yeah. a cricket ball or a mallet You're doing that. trying to whack that bat so it's ready <laughs> yeah. to go after Christmas. Did you have the mallet with the ball on the end? Do you have that one? I ticked them all off, mate. I had old-fashioned, yeah. like, the, the um, judge's mallet uh, and I had the ball on there as well. And There was, like, a, a rubber ball, a cricket... I had, I had them all. Um, yeah. They, they were gross. I love those days. So, yeah, yeah long good. time ago. And, and, it was. And those are the days you had to earn your sixes. Rob, you couldn't just sort of miss hitting top edge and these things flying out. You know? <laughs> they were fence palings, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Boundary ropes, what the hell were they? Uh, gee, Perth were impressive last night, weren't they? They, they looked the team to beat. They are on fire. And I think, you know, they're, they're a serious chance to go three in a row here, and, and rightly so. But I think there were a few others who thinking, you know, it's almost like pre-season in any sport. It's like, oh, we've got a good list. We can do this. We can do that. Um but the, the Scorchers have come out and actually said, look, we're at top here still. You guys have got to chase us. So it's going to be a lot of hard work for some. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I tell you, it was a nice game, Thunder Strikers, the other night. That was that was a really nice, evenly contest game. And a, and a super yeah. chase from the Strikers. Matty Short, geez, he's, he's impressive. Well, he, you know, international honours. Oh, I'm happy to for Darcy Short to Rob. You know how good he was as a striker. His form had just sort of tailed off in, in recent times. So it was nice to see Darcy uh, amongst the runs as well. But, yeah, Perth, you're right, three in a row. Think of that Perth. They just impressed me so much. They just seem to nail their recruitment every time, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it may not necessarily be the name as such, but it must be that... When they when someone comes into that environment, they seem to thrive. So, look, I feel like there'd be bigger names who have played in other franchises, but not probably done what their overseas have have done. Laurie Evans spoke on the mic, I reckon, two games ago, and 
and just spoke. And I know some people just put a bit of mayo on because they're in the team. They're not going to talk down on them, but um, and and talked about how glowingly he thought of Perth and the culture and everything like that. So you know, hats off to you know initially Justin Langer and then now Adam Voges as he you know they continue that culture and winning success. Indeed, that story of an I, the IPL competition, we, we know that expansion's on the table uh, now. You know, if it extends through to sort of that that March period, then you've got to have an overlap with the Shield final. There's also been talk, I think it was in the papers a, a week or two ago, about a, a pre-IPL comp around that sort of September-October period. So this is potentially affecting domestic cricket in Australia at both ends of the season. You can't stop this, this creep by the most powerful cricket nation in the world. But, you know, this is a problem that's not going to go away, is it, Robbie, Bobby? And, um, you know, Marcus Stoinis said, well, yeah, obviously I want to play red ball cricket, but I'm a white ball specialist now. So the concern here is that you're losing some of the biggest stars or biggest names, potentially, in Australian cricket to the riches of the white ball stuff. Yeah, I, th- I think ultimately um, people are going to vote with their feet. Uh, and by that, I mean, you know, we've seen, and I saw Mark Taylor comment, about Mitchell Stark, and it's great to see Mitchell Stark's reward now after obviously just sitting out of the IPL for so long. To concentrate and hone in on, on Red Bull from a obviously like a technique perspective, but also um, a workload management perspective. But, um, you know, ultimately, like if you think of this Sheffield Shield, like I'm pretty confident in the contracts, you know, they can negotiate. So, yeah, yeah, like I'll, I'll come and play. I've just got to miss two games here. Um, or one game because I've got a Sheffield Shield final coming up. So I'm sure that they can play that Sheffield Shield final. Um, you know, if, if there are people who are going... Well, the irony is, is that we've complained that the Big Bash is too long, but the IPL is getting longer and, and people are just, you know, chomping at a bit to get over there. So um, I, I know the money's a little bit different, but there's still a lot of people who would go over for similar money they do in Big Bash. Uh, for the same amount of time. So, yeah, look, uh, this has been happening for years, Jules. I remember back a time when there was a Champions League, which meant that, you know, Victoria, New South Wales or, um, uh, like, a state teams, the, the top two would go and play off against South Africa's top two teams, New Zealand top team, India's, you know, IPL. Uh, yeah. And the IPL teams always won. You know, Cameron White was playing for us. He had to play at Bangalore. Nanez, Dirk Nanez, the same thing. So IPL and, and BCCI are always going to win until there's someone to challenge them, and no one is challenging them at the moment. Yeah, further to that, though, I mean, it's interesting. I heard a, a really good interview with Harsha Boglace a year ago at the LBW Trust function, Rob. And they're talking about t- T20 cricket, whether it threatens Test cricket. And he sort of had a different opinion. He said it could actually be the saviour of Test cricket. So if you allow, say, for example, what we're seeing in South Africa, right, so they're aligned, the, these, the IPL franchises are aligned with their T20 yep. tournament there. So it's almost like a, you know, a financial arrangement between the two boards and, well, more particularly Cricket South Africa and, and the broadcaster Super Sport. So if they pour money back into South African cricket, then that actually allows, for example, hypothetically speaking, South Africa to play more bilateral series, which ordinarily they'd lose money on. So, so you, you've got to trust that the money filters back into the areas and the programs that it's needed. Like yep. I, I agree with you, but then, like that, that's where the, the and that's where and it's not up to the BCCI or the Indian franchises to say, hey, you need to spend this here. That's up to obviously the South African cricket and, and each country's cricket association. I, I think that there's got to be another way that, um, you know, we, we talk about England, Australia, um, and India, who yeah. seem to have. I guess they're well compensated and whether there's opportunities to fill some money back into other countries 
to top them up and, and almost get them back into a level. So there's one of a performance level and on-field, but we're seeing like smaller crowds. So maybe there's less emphasis on having big crowds and more emphasis on TV rights and other ways to skin a cat. But ultimately, you know, potentially we're looking at a, you know, a two... 2-0 or, you know, 3-0 series win to Australia here already. West Indies historically haven't been great, so there might be another, you know, whitewash there. Um, and, and the fans are voting. You know, you look at the test match in Perth and then you look at the attendance last night at mm. the, per- the Scorchers game, chalk and cheese. Absolute chalk and cheese. So, yeah, um, yeah. The, yeah I, I think there's other ways to skin that cat. Sorry, Jules. No, that's all right. No, that's true. Having said that, I mean, the, the, the ratings for Australia-Pakistan were outstanding. I think 900 metro. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, were, were brilliant. And, and just just one more thing on this, and I don't want to harp on about it too long, but it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because do you remember the Proteas? They'd send basically a second-tier team to New Zealand uh, early this year because that tour clashed with the T20 League. So it comes to the point now where you're going to have a raft of players have to decide between the two. You can't juggle all formats. So the days of the all-format player, I think, are starting to dwindle as we see more overlap between the long form and the short form. And what it means from, from an international perspective. So, you know, what you're saying there is, in that, that instance in South Africa, is that people chose to play for that the 2020, T20 comp over their country. And um, I think that's where, you know, like... The problem is with today's landscape, you punish someone, they go off and they don't play again for their country yeah. because they say stuff you I'll just go I'll earn my cash elsewhere which is which is really bad um, and that's what I said before if there's more remuneration within the um, international game for countries then there might be less cases of that there are always going to be one or two that go um, but if you and it's whether it's test cricket or T20 I think one day cricket's the one that's always seemed to be under the pump but we saw an amazing World Cup tournament just gone this yeah. year you know only a couple of months ago so um something does have to give from a schedule perspective i think the shorter format so the the appetite that society wants and a lot of players want so that's probably sticking around for the next little bit how it affects test cricket um we've seen you know the baseball and the more aggressive approach to test cricket that's going to help a little bit um but i think society's uh idea that every test match has to come down to the last you know, five overs and be thriller. If they can be more realistic and, and appreciate Test cricket for what it's for, that might help a little bit too. I think pe- people at the end of the day just want meaningful contests, Rob. Mate, we're fast running out of time. We could chat all day. Just a quick word, Boxing Day <laughs> test. Uh, I think is, I don't know if you've spoken yet, but Matt Page, I think, was due to address the media today. Uh, what sort of pitch from what you've seen this year can we expect for, for Melbourne, do you think? So the last two Shield games have had a, a little bit sort of like um, more bounce, but slightly inconsistent. So I know, speaking of Pagey, the one thing that he's been trying to do over the last couple of years, and I think he's done it pretty well, is is get us a, a tiny bit more pace and, and definitely more bounce. And, and we're not talking about Gabber or Wacker bounce, just bounce that, you know, hopefully... You know, not on day one. There's going to be multiple balls bouncing to the, you know, to the keeper on the way through. So uh, that's what we want. Hopefully, a little bit for the, you know, the seamers in the first day. It'll be pretty flat for day two or three, and then maybe a little bit turn uh, come sort of four or five. It'll definitely be a wicket that suits the Pakistan team more than more than the one at off the stadium. That's for sure. But um, yeah, I think we're trying to get more bounce out of this wicket. Um, and he's done a hell of a job. I think the wicket last year was pretty good. So I'm pretty confident in Pagey that um, the wicket he's going to get up is going to be, you know, it's going to be good. Don't, I wouldn't, as I said, I wouldn't expect bounce like Gabber and, and, and WA. I wouldn't expect spin like SCG. I'm just thinking like a nice little in-between. I think that's where we're at. Yep, it's the best seat in the house, isn't it? The day after Christmas Day. Always good yeah. to catch up, Bobby. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and the rest, and we'll speak soon. You too, Jules. Merry Christmas to everyone out there.
There he is, uh, former Aussie cricketer Rob Quiney. 0457 736 736. Breaking back with more.